are you sure you want to post your podcast here? Like you're going to get destroyed. And I was like, like, so we've had some people. Yeah. I, that's what I said. I was like, shit, man. I, like, cause they first, they were like, we've had people like that wanted to help. <laughs> Got it. That's so funny because on one of the other podcasts, my buddy does the exact same thing. What well, says got it? Yeah. As soon as <laughs> as soon as I hit the record button, he's like, I'm got old. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old and technology confuses me. That's funny. But welcome to this week's episode of which podcast? Yeah, I know, right? Ah, shit. <laughs> I'm going to use it for both. Uh, idiot friends and two dummies on yeah. microphone. Damn. All right, uh, cool. I get to double, be an idiot friend. I'm in. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, double exposure, uh, twice the fun. It's like, like double it. mint gum. That sounded mildly pornographic, but I'm still in. I'm still in. <laughs> I'm still in. All right. So we have the host of D-Guts podcast. He runs a, I would say, a semi uh, leadership developmental type podcast. Semi. That is semi. Uh, just because you do other things like don't make me knife hand you on video <laughs> i'll fucking do it it's mostly because like when i come over i don't like i feel like we talk about yeah things, no I, yeah but do. my aspect is a little bit different than maybe some of the people that you're used to talking to for and, sure and that's just one of the uh, things yeah we'll get into the yeah all that i'm sure but but i appreciate you coming not, on I, uh, I mean who knows this could go anywhere fuck yeah i'm in dude i'm, I'm excited because it's <laughs> It's cool because like I, I'm usually the one doing the, the work and like I have to edit it afterwards. And I, it's cool to just like hit and run. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like, I, gotta stop be, and I just got to show up and say some <laughs> stuff that I hope is interesting and then fuck off and let you guys do all the all the yeah. heavy lifting. And yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, for sure. But yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about uh, a little bit about yourself? Not so much uh, maybe yeah. stuff, but like. Yeah. Oh, like you, you in general, your podcast. Yeah, okay. the real you. Like, <laughs> I get that well, you're in the Navy. You've been yeah, in for yeah, 20 yeah. years and all that stuff. Blah, blah, like, blah. Okay, so yeah. we'll skip that and go. So the podcast thing is, um, so I was an A-school instructor. Bunch of kids. We were putting like 1,500 kids a year through the school. Um, and they're going out. And it's, it, it applies to the real world, too, where it's like they were, we were putting 1,500 people a year through the school. So you could picture college, or like some kind of an apprenticeship program or whatever. And then they would get out into that like real world environment where they're doing the thing and reach back to me and other instructors with a lot of the same questions. Like um, I'm having trouble with the leader or my leaders all suck and I have a toxic command climate, um, mental health issues um, or just like normal stuff. Like there'd be somebody get that got thrust into like a real junior leadership position. Um, like they were running a watch section on a, on a destroyer or a cruiser. And they just yeah. like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like they don't <laughs> like, I don't know, like no one will listen to me. They, none of them respect me or, or I just don't, I want, I'm really scared to fail and I don't know what to do and all, all kinds of stuff like that. But I, we would get like a lot of the same stuff over and over and over again. And I just got to the point where I'm like, I can't keep answering these Facebook messages and emails like times 1500 a year like it was it was getting ridiculous so i was just like what can i do as a like a resource where they could just go and i was like thinking like a blog or some some stupid because i wasn't i didn't picture it turning into what it has turned into um yeah where it's like this i plan on turning this into like i mean i kind of already have turned it into a business sort of which the yeah. apparel stuff but um 
like I plan on trying to like make this my life's work. And that was not what I set up to do. I just wanted to help a bunch of sailors get their questions answered. So I was trying to create like a repository where instead of answering the same question over and over again, I could just say, go here and like shoot them a link or whatever. So then once I decided I was going to do something like that, I was like, okay, well, I want to reach sailors where they are and where are they and where have they been for the last 10 years? They've been glued to their smartphones. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the best mechanism for reaching them on their smartphones? And I was like, social media? And I was like, I don't want to put my face and name all over everything. And part of that was my just not wanting to be Navy famous. Like I just didn't yeah. want to be um, like flagged down on the pier or, or whatever. Um, yeah, because especially in your community, yeah, like it's like being on submarines, it's there's a lot of them, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it seems like it's real all you small. motherfuckers know each other. <laughs> we like, do, it's <laughs> it's real small because well, you got to think, especially when you get to where I'm at, I mean, there's a half a dozen CSS master chiefs in the navy, so like, yeah, while I keep my name and face off of it, it's not real hard to figure out who I am, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's only 13 um, of these dudes. Who's yeah, and it's like, <laughs> even when I was a senior chief, there's only like 28, 28 of us, I think. There's not many. So it's like, there's two dozens that have. So it's even easier now. But um, for you, it'd I be just, a baker's dozen. There you go. You're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> cook pun this, this. It's usually I wait till about halfway through the podcast to drop cook puns on people because most people have tuned out already. But so no, no, no. Um, I've been drinking. So it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I settled on a podcast for a couple of reasons. It was. It, they seem to be getting more popular. This was before Joe Rogan and all that was like he was doing it, but he wasn't as big as he is now. Um, and I had just started listening to him and audiobooks as well. And so I started getting into I was listening to Joe Rogan and some other stuff. Jocko podcast is a huge yeah. influence on me. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'll do a podcast. And, and I never thought like I thought I'd get a little bit of attention. And but it was more just like I didn't really care. I just wanted to be able to send somebody a hyperlink and yeah. there's this repository of information. And, and at, like in my job that I was in, I was on an army base running the schoolhouse and we were all in the same building. So like every food service school for every branch of the military is in the same building. So I got to see how the air force and Marine Corps and army did it. Um, and there were some coast guards, in it, but they weren't, it wasn't their full on schoolhouse. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. They're not a real branch. <laughs> I'm kidding. Phil. Stop <laughs> My buddy Phil's a BMC in the Coast Guard. He's good. go check out they had to go out podcast. It's sick, but I love I love those dudes. I'm just giving them shit. It's but. Department of Defense now, but I mean, who's yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I can dress up and play military too. Fake it till I make it. No, um, they still get good. I love though. those. Yeah, they're amazing. No, yeah. they're they're there's I've met some badasses. Um, but I got to see how they were doing it, and what I discovered is that like in trying to figure out how they did food service, I discovered all these mechanisms for leadership development. Like they get, and and they they'll be the first to tell you that it's far from perfect, but they get mandatory schools. Um, hmm. It like there's an airman leader program on every air force base. There's a NCO academy for every like MOS, which is like a rating in the army uh, yeah. of the army, and they have to go to these academies or schools or whatever at every level of, of promotion, like as they go, the, the Marine Corps has mandatory PME. I forget how they deliver it, but they all have something and it's mandatory and thou shalt go to it because they think leadership's important. And, and again, not, not perfect, but they have something. And we, yeah. did, we had command delivered PO in doc that usually didn't get done Bro, ever. Like, and so at night, 
<laughs> that was like I remember yeah. going. I remember going to PON Doc, and I did it by myself when I made yep. third class Here, and second class. through this book and let us know when you're done. Exactly, <laughs> like exactly what it was. They're like, uh, we Hot threw garbage. some powerpoints together, yeah, and this is how you're supposed to advance, or like be ready for the next level. Yeah, it was Good hot night. garbage, if it even happened at all, which you know, on a lot of the boats I was on, it never even happened, and they just put it in fleet tents and moved on with life. So um, I was I recognized this huge gap, and that's when I was like, holy shit, like we're not even trying, and I was pissed. And then, so I had I started the podcast, but it was more still in the vein of like, I just wanted to help these junior sailors. Like I just wanted to create somewhere for them to go. I'd shoot the hyperlink out and I would like, I, I started a website and all this crap just so they had somewhere to go. And I don't even know if I started the website immediately. I think it was just the podcast. And then it evolved from a couple like Instagram and Facebook and the, and the SoundCloud account. And then I got it on iTunes and all that crap. Yeah. Then, it, then I think I did the .com and all that other crap later when I realized that, Oh, there's a big need for this. Like, and there was a demand <laughs> signal immediately. And I was just like, Oh, okay. So then it was like, um, what can I do for like everybody? Because that was the other thing I noticed was a lot of the positive response I got wasn't from junior sailors, even though like it was, but more of it was from chiefs and officers. And I was like, Oh, because turns out we've never taught him this stuff. <laughs> so I was just like, Whoa. So then I started to lean into it pretty hard and it became kind of what it is now, but I, yeah, it, it, focus on leadership development and education because because then on that same shore duty, I went to the senior enlisted academy the last year I was there. And that blew my mind because I was just like, we have this capacity and we're failing to use it until someone has already had their negative behaviors and lack of education into their brain. Yeah, they've had a reinforced like we're positively reinforcing it with awards and promotions yeah. for 15 to 20 years. And then we're like, OK, now we're going to teach you leadership like <laughs> those dudes. Like I would say there was definitely a lot of really amazing people there that were there to learn. Right. But they were the minority. I would say it was probably like 60, 40, roughly, where it was like 60 percent of the people there were checking a box because they knew it would help them promote or they knew eventually it was going to come become mandatory for them to promote, which I yeah. mean, it still kind of isn't. They, they keep saying it is and then they wave it. But um, it they weren't there to learn anything. They were just like, I already know what I'm doing. I'm a, ma I'm a master chief already. Yeah. What are you going to teach me? And it, so it's like, it was like too late to reach most of those people where if you had a bunch of third classes in that room with that type of capacity and, and structure built around supporting that type of leadership development education, like good Lord, like the, the improvement in quality of leadership from the very beginning and followership and, and communication and just everything you'd see such dramatic improvement in mission accomplishment across the board. I think it would, it would like bewilder a lot of really smart people, but here we are still not doing it in any meaningful way, even though the NLIC stuff is promising. But so, um, so yeah, man, that's what it turned into that. And then I leaned into it and then based on like the response combined with how much fun I had doing it, it just, it evolved into this thing. I didn't even imagine um, where it is, like, it is fun though. Because yeah, one of the, I was listening to a podcast today on work, right? Yeah. Or while I was driving into work, and I don't know if you have the same mentality, but doing the the interviews and being able to talk to people, like I have, I don't know if it's an affliction or an affinity for knowledge, but I I just love talking to people and just seeing what their way of life is. Yeah, I, I've learned, and this is I've and this is people are probably I, I probably get laughed at when I say this, but. 
I've learned a lot from and model a lot of what I do after Joe Rogan and how he does what he does. And it's like people kind of laugh because he's Joe Rogan. But if you think about it, he's also the most successful podcaster ever on the 100 percent. It's not even close. No, so it's like, like 17,000 or like 1700 podcasts like he's done. Like he sat down yeah. with 1700 different people and well, had a that, conversation with them. The the rankings and the number of downloads and just the the audience that he has is staggering. So it's like yeah. a lot of what and I just looked at it like if I'm going to do this, I want to do it in a way that like feels super authentic. I'm not trying to sell people on a product. I'm not trying to do anything other than help people. And I'm only trying to do it in the way that I want to do it, which is something I'm already motivated to do anyway. Like I would be yeah. doing this no matter what. Like if I can't turn into, if I can catastrophically fail to turn this into a business, I'm never going to stop doing it. Like it costs me money every year. And it's not oh. a small amount of money <laughs> to like maintain the .com and the, all the premium subscriptions, yes. and all this crap and like yes. all the equipment yes. and whatever. Like I just spent hundreds of dollars. I got the new boom arm in now and that uh, other microphone, all that crap. Cause when you were here, I wanted to like, I'm going to have guests. It. <laughs> well, I, that was, that was the old crappy one. Now I've got the you got same the new boom one? arm in here. Yeah. I, the new hardware to drill the hole is it didn't come with it, which I thought it did. So I had to order that separately, but um, yeah, I mean, I just spent hundreds of dollars on the I'm new excited. boom arm hook up the other mic. Yeah. I'm probably going to get a second chair in here, but I'm going to find something I can like fold up or something, but yeah, be, just so that I could start doing great. more yeah, live stuff at <laughs> that chair. It wasn't, it wasn't, but I'm, it's just fun to give you a hard time. That's like, yeah, uh, no, I know. I was talking to one of the chiefs today and you know, I'm, I'm in charge of training and he was yeah. dinking one of his training things. He's like, did they already brainwash you? I was like, no, I just have a fun time giving people a hard time. <laughs> and like yeah. me and you are peers and yeah. I can legitimately be like, go up to you and be like, what the fuck, bro? Why aren't you doing the <laughs> shit that you need to? Right, right. Um, yeah, man. And then here we are. Like, I, and you were saying, like, it's kind of a leadership development thing. Like, I, I get why you say that. But like, for me, it's like I've learned so much from it. Like, I modeled it after a lot of what Joe Rogan does. Not like, obviously, not everything. I'm not getting yeah. stoned on the podcast, at least not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but uh, I retire in less than a year. Um, but the, he Maybe just does like whatever cocktails. he wants. Yeah. Um, he does Talks it in, in however he wants, like yeah. whatever he thinks is interesting, however, you know what I mean? And like, I'm sure they've, I'm sure like Jamie and the guys that produce it have noticed certain things and, you know, like he's obviously improved over time and he talks about that openly, but he's still really authentically him just does whatever he wants to do. However he wants to do it, talks to whoever he wants for however long he wants. Like, 100%. you know what I mean? And so that's yeah. what I kind of decided I was going to do from the very beginning is like, but it's, it's aimed at helping sailors. Like that's the whole point. So it's like, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to talk to people that I want to talk to that I enjoy talking to, but it's always got to have some type of mechanism built in where like, how is this going to benefit sailors? And it's like, it might just be like, they find your podcast and get like, like you were saying last time when we recorded on my side, like the laughs and like getting to hear oh, a couple yeah. of dudes in the military shoot the shit. Like just that all by itself adds value to a lot of people, especially veterans that aren't in anymore. And so it's like, even if it's just that I'll do it. But then like, I do try to focus most of it on like leadership development, education, whether it's me talking about experiences or telling stories or it's yeah. doing formal topics and like Paul Kingsbury with your dink ass, you owe me a foundations <laughs> episode. But like I just texted him earlier. Cause he said I was going to have it on Thursday. Uh, he just got hired in a new job though. He's super busy, um, but he's matter. a retired fleet master chief. That's <laughs> about matter. to do in the foundation. <laughs> yeah, I know you said Thursday. Motherfucker. No, I, it's fine. I love that dude, but 
um, stuff like that, where he's going to start doing the more academic type stuff that the HMC that's busy with OCS now, uh, he, he was doing for me, but like all that kind of stuff. And now we're on YouTube, uh, go check it out. YouTube.com slash or don't give up the shit podcast. But right now it's just the audiograms and I'm messing around with a lot of other stuff, but eventually like when I retire, it'll be the video podcast and it'll be, I'll probably go live and like shit like that. And so, yeah. um, it's growing a lot because I'm so passionate about the stuff. Um, and like, I hope to like teach at a university eventually and just shit like that, where it's, it, I found like my second mission, you know, post-retirement yeah. via this thing. So, and that's one of the things that we talked about too, like the, the animals and the, the baby animals yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the cubs play with the parents and that's where they learn how to develop their hunting skills and fighting skills and learn how to yeah. stalk prey and do all this type of stuff. And one of the things that we, that we as leaders don't do is that type of interaction and that's one of the yeah. things like i've tried to take on board since me since the last time that me and you talked like i have a Ooh. shop of two and which is a yeah. lot different because i came from a ship of th- like i had 30 people that work for me yeah and yeah. so trying to incorporate that type of stuff but it's yeah. so it i wish chiefs so did it more man like yeah. or just officers and chiefs or whatever where it's like like we shoot the shit a lot but like we don't always like it happens but like we don't we don't purposefully sit around and like talk about leadership development stuff. And we definitely don't sit around and talk about like like this is what happened today with my guy. Like unless somebody's venting or yeah. asking specifically for help, like shooting up a flare, which I don't think happens that often just because male pride. Like it's just a thing that like at oh, least on sure. submarines, it's there. I know like we have females coming in, obviously, where but I haven't been on a boat with female chiefs. Um, I had female officers on my last boat, but it's, you don't get to have those conversations. And it's like, why, like, why don't we do that more? Because you got to think like the whole, just the whole like cliche of like, and it's like, it's not a cliche so much as it's like a real, like, um, I don't know what the word be like iron sharpens iron. What would that be called? Yeah. It's not uh, a metaphor, a fucking, I don't know, a saying piece of yeah. shit, shit people say, <laughs> it, but it would, it would happen if we like blocked off time to just sit around and just like share stories of like what happened to us that week and the struggles we had as leaders. And then you're like sharing like, Oh, this, Oh, I had something like that happen to me. This is what I did. And it worked really well or whatever, which I find that there's a huge appetite for it with the podcast, man. Like I've had, fuck, I had a fucking email bolted to or bolted (laughs) (laughs) push pins to my bulletin board that I don't know. You probably didn't see it because there's shit all over the walls in here, but It's an email from a fire controlman chief on submarines that like told me I fucking changed his life, basically. Good. And it like that, I didn't set out to do that. And I've gotten other ones like that where you completely like unfucked my whole worldview. I was jaded and bitter and angry and was giving up. And like you completely reinvigorated my desire to be a chief. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I was just trying to help junior sailors like figure some basics out and then it yeah. evolved into this thing where i had chiefs reaching out telling me oh my god like the completely blue like you know what i mean and it's like that kind of stuff it's like why like and i'm not saying like the the appetite for more like to build on top of the pre-existing stuff if it was real in the navy wouldn't exist but like the stuff like that like getting that type of a response from people that have been doing this job for this long like the fact that 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 void exists and I can get that type of response from somebody just by doing what I do. 
is like awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's also kind of troubling. You know what I mean? That the fact that that there's not a mechanism already built in for these people to be getting what they need from the organization, like from the the like some kind of formal schooling or education or whatever. Um, and unless you luck box your way into really good mentors, like, or read yeah. a bunch of John Maxwell books, even though that's not my favorite thing, it's like, you're not going to get what you need. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know, man, it's, it's a little scary, but, um, I don't know. It's probably going to pay my rent too. So <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'm going to see how it converts, but like, there's such a crazy appetite for it in our community specifically. Oh, well, yeah. It's like, it's, it blows my mind. And the thing too is like it's a never ending cycle either. Like yeah. there's always new people that yep. are coming in that are looking for the exact same thing that you're putting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, the, um, I just messaged him back because I was, I finally listened to the permission to speak freely, guys. Um, I listened to a couple episodes because the first one, it was like they were supposed to have a guest and they flaked. So it was kind of like all over the place, which it seems like theirs are kind of like that anyway. But, um, like I messaged him back saying, Hey, like if you guys want to come on, like I'm in, uh, yeah, and one of the going in, uh, January. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things they said was, uh, when they first messaged me, it was about how, like, I'm in it. I'm an example for like uh, other people trying to do podcasting stuff. And I was like, huh? Like I'm, I'm barely like, I'm barely literate to stuff. Like, and that's how I feel, but like, I've been yeah. doing it for a really long time. And so I think people look at me like I'm some old pro or something. <laughs> like, well, I mean, and, and two, child. it's like, it, yeah, it's one of those things like at the same time that you do something in it and it catches. Yeah. And then that wheel starts spinning and everybody wants to hop on the bandwagon yeah. of what you have. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know if that's what happens. I've yet to have somebody be like, I started a podcast because of you or something like that. That'd be weird, but yeah. it'd be cool. But like, well, I mean, be and, like, and that's funny that you bring that up too. Right. So um, my buddy has a Brazilian jujitsu podcast, Travis model. Yeah. Um, okay. It's called, Oh shoot. I don't have my phone um it's not the one with the two blue belts is it the uh some i met some guy through my wife's friends that has a, a jiu-jitsu podcast that's called like um god i haven't listened to it in a minute but like maybe i might not even be subscribed to it i don't remember i know i listened to a few episodes but there's a couple of blue belts just talking about their experience in jujitsu, which, you know, they're, they're, they, at, at a blue belt level, you know, just enough to be dangerous, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, it's probably uh, theirs. Uh, that'd be interesting. Dang it. Yeah, I can't find it. I don't know. I might not have subscribed. I might've just searched for it and then listened to some, but either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, and he's the reason why I like, like, yeah me and lucas like talking to each other me and troy like talking to each other and we have all this yeah. stuff but like the real reason i jumped off the deep end yeah. was because um he had a podcast and i was like if travis can do it right and right. i can do it for for sure that's kind of how i feel about it now like because initially i just it, podcasting wasn't it was just me finding the appropriate medium and then like i also didn't want my name and face on it for like part of it was um at first it was like i just didn't want a fan club if it turned into a thing which it has like i totally would have people recognizing me um based on how many people are listening nowadays but like i also had this fear which proved super 
like I, I, <laughs> I was clairvoyant in this moment where I just, I was like, and it's not like it's, it feels obvious to me, but that junior sailors wouldn't trust a vehicle for this type of stuff. If my name and face was on it. And I yeah. was all like, look at me. I do a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We talked look, about a couple yeah, of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 We yeah. did. Um, and there are examples of that out there where I'm just like, you can't, you can't really believe that this gigantic ego stroke resonates with junior sailors. Like yeah. where, when the, the way I wanted to construct this, and I might never use my name, even though my face might end up on it. Uh, I probably won't because it, it'll, it'll become symbolic, but I, I just, I didn't want a junior sailor to ever be able to look at this or anyone for that matter. Cause right now it's like kind of like everybody's my junior sailor, yeah. except for old crusty master chiefs. <laughs> it's I didn't ever want a junior sailor to be able to look at it and think that I was trying to do anything except help them. You know what I mean? Like you can't, what do I get out of this? You know yeah. what I mean? Like what? And for me, it's a selfish endeavor because I get a lot of satisfaction out of those messages and the response mm -hmm. and even just watching like the number of listens tick up, 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 you know, like yeah. I, we, our episode dropped today. It's over a hundred or it was over a hundred in like an hour. Good night. And it's, yeah, it's like, and I'll check it right now for you. Here you go. I'll send you a uh, screenshot, but yeah, it, but the, uh, Elbows tight like was the podcast. One hundred two, huh? Elbows tight was the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, it's not that one. Yeah, that's uh, a good Brazilian Brazitsu or Brazilian Brazitsu. You have yeah. been drinking, young uh, man. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brazilian was... Jitsu podcast. If you if y'all are interested in that, and I know that you yeah. just started, and I talked to some cat today that came up to the office. And he's like, Chief, I do Brazilian Jitsu, and I'm like, Okay. Awesome. Like that's how the conversation started. And so we started that's, talking about yeah. that. And I was like, people that have just started yeah. love talking about it. I, yeah. I've only talked about it once on the podcast and got a bunch of eye rolls from listeners. And I was like, all right, I probably won't bring that up again. No. But it was with another dude that does jujitsu. It was that yeah. Kevin Murphy dude, the no fat chiefs guy. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. I he's, love that. He's that, awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, haven't, I, I haven't met him, but he, you like, should talk to him, dude. He's, <laughs> uh, he's deployed right now or I would have had him on again already. Yeah. I asked him about it and he's like, I don't remember when I think he gets back like January or something. So upsex shit, mate. Wow. Sure. Okay. <laughs> like I, that wasn't even close to violating anything. So fuck my ass. Um, You'd probably, like I do it. that to be, I do, yeah, I do that to people <laughs> all the time on Facebook. Um, the, uh, but yeah, it was like the idea that I, I didn't want to like, I felt like no one would trust it. Like I, yeah. I, if I'm trying to address junior sailors specifically, I need them to trust me. And it's already a hard sell, dude. Like, cause I oh, was yeah. at the time I was a chief when I first started it in 2016. And it was, it was like, I already know they don't trust it. Trust me. And cause I mean, I, I was like close enough to be in a blue shirt that I still remembered not trusting yeah. chiefs. And so I was just like, they're not going to trust me. I'm going to be preachy in a way to a lot of people. Like, cause I'm trying to find the bitter jaded dudes that like, or people that like yeah. are about to like say, fuck it and get out. Like th that's who I was really after. Not like I, I don't want to be a resource for everybody, but like, there's a lot of people that have a lot of bad experiences with untrained, uneducated leaders that have just been promoted because quotas. And it's like, those are the people I wanted to reach and yeah. I've succeeded quite a bit, but like, dude, I get annihilated on Reddit sometimes when I post episodes there where it's just like, I just have somebody eat my soul because I'm a chief. And it's like, are you it's sure super transparent you when you see it happening. Here? Like, You're gonna I'm just the whipping boy. Like, and it's fine. The moderators. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I was like, uh, the R Navy. Like, Cause they first, uh, they were like, we've had people like that wanted to help. They were like, 
are you sure you want to post a podcast <laughs> here? Like you're going to get destroyed. And I was like, uh, like, so we've had some people- send it. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I was like, shit, man. I, like, cause they first, they were like, we've had people like that wanted to help come and then like go running into the hills because of how their soul got ate, eaten. And I'm like, first of all, I have no soul. Yeah. Second, <laughs> like I'm a submariner, like better people have tried and failed. So like, I I've got thick skin and yeah. it's like, you might be right, but I, you're not like, I'm telling you right now, like I'm not going to yeah. go anywhere. Like, cause I had a couple uh, nukes or like, oof, good Lord. So <laughs> I, I posted the, it might've been the, I did an episode with the per, the dude that runs the reactors critical. Um, and I think it was that one where some poor nuke, man, it was a surface nuke. I forget the rate, just like this super long diatribe attacking me, but then just like sharing their experience and how much it sucked. And basically like, they were just telling everybody and us and me how they got abused by the Navy. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's talk about it. Like instead I didn't like fight back at all. I was just like, good Lord. Like I'd be super open and talk to it. Even if you don't want to do it on a podcast, like if you just want to shoot me a message and they weren't into it, but like, um, I ended up talking about it on, um, I think I might've done just another episode with the trick guy or, um, cause I know I did a few with him, but they weren't, one of them was for the um, teaching of the creed stuff. Um, he did. He was one of the people I talked to for a teaching of the creed episode. So it might've been that one, but I did another episode with them or, or no, I'll, I'm, I'm jacking this all up. I did one with an ETN one off one of my boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the one I got destroyed for. And then when I did the trick one, I like, or I, tr- I addressed some of the flaws, but or the, some of the things that they said I screwed up. And then I also uh, talked about that person in particular and like just i was like all right well they're not going to talk to me but they're gonna listen to this and i know they're gonna they're not gonna yeah. be able to resist hearing what like if i respond to them and so i did but i did it in a way where like i would do totally do a podcast with them and just like empathizing with like look man i know i know that's why i devote all my time to doing this podcast so that like i can help people like you get through the negative leaderships experiences you're having because these people are uneducated and and don't like don't have the tools to be the leader that you need so yeah. like, that's i'm doing it for them too now which but that's not how i initially started i started for people like this nuke and uh yeah it's wild man like the <laughs> you get like your people just try to <laughs> snatch your soul out of your body but i'm just like dude i don't care man like i don't care what anybody says about anything except for like to me that wasn't somebody just bashing me which when that happens, usually by the time I get to the Reddit comments, it's like a bunch of Redditors that listen to the podcast have already defended me. Like they're like, you clearly didn't listen to the whole episode because they like yeah. making a bunch of assumptions about how I feel and how I think and yeah. the things that I said because just because I'm a chief or senior chief or now a master chief, like they're just associating me with the, the cabal that is yeah. the chief's mess yeah, yeah. and saying that I'm a bad person. And then they're like, dude, you clearly don't know this D guts guy. Like that's not how he thinks at all. Go listen to the podcast for real. Like you must've listened to like a 30 second snippet just so you could quote it while you were shitting on him. <laughs> and then they, they have all defended <laughs> me already. So it's like, I don't even need to say anything anyway, but usually yeah. what I do, I'm just like, Hey, why don't you come on and talk about it? Like I'm yeah. in like, give me your call, email address yeah like, call her bluff be like all right yeah you i totally way. do like let's and, go and a lot of them are all like oh he's gonna call my command and like do all this other shit and i'm like no i don't I'm care 
like even if that you're if you're afraid of that like we can just exchange messages on reddit and like we can talk about it that way like you don't have to come on the podcast i just yeah. think a lot of people could like get value from that conversation but like we don't have to do that we can just talk anonymously on reddit and ask me what you want talk yeah. talk about how i'm a big piece of shit like i don't care <laughs> you're not gonna hurt my feelings and it's like, you're not, your opinion of me is not going to alter my own belief in myself or how I feel yeah. like my self-esteem or anything like that. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's an interesting odyssey. That's for sure. I, uh, I've often thought about like, it'd be cool to start another one that like is completely unrelated, kind of like the shit you're doing. Where it's <laughs> like, I, I could just like talk about shit that interests me that has nothing to do with the military, but it's like, I also feel like that market so is fun. super saturated. Like it is. I don't know how I would, I mean, unless I'm just talking into the cosmos, you know, and it's just fine. Like, I don't care, but Uh, that's, that's the way that I feel. I'm just punching in the dark and trying to hit something that's, that's there, but it's it's always fun. You know, just like you say, like putting it out there and then having random people that you don't have any interaction with for like, yeah, this was uh, really interesting or um, people come back and be like, I had no idea that anybody knew something like this like besides myself oh yeah that's okay. cool yeah now and like the one that you, you're because you were talking i think it's the idiot friends one where you were reaching out to like a cowboy and some band in the netherlands or something oh like, yeah no that's two that, that's, yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that that's cool because like that like i don't know like i don't know how because the part of me is like um thinks that it'd be hard to get an audience or whatever and if you're not trying to do that like who cares but also then like why are you doing a podcast so it's kind of like a it's a a quandary there but like a what's that called a fucking conundrum uh paradox something like that 22 i don't know um there's so many words uh but like yeah like it it'd be because like for years when you made the comment about like how you and your buddy which i think is the two dummies one i don't know fuck dude i don't remember whichever one where it's like your your (laughs) your function of talking to your best friend every week it's like that made me think of like if i were to do that both of them are veterans and it's like i would do something in the lane of like veteran stuff which again i mean there's a lot of podcasts for that kind of stuff but like one of the things that i hear pretty universally is that like it's kind of like, you know, you know, when you're a guy off one of your ships that like is just like begging for his DD-214 blanket yeah. and can't wait. Fuck the Navy. Yeah. I can't wait to get it. And then six months out of the Navy, he's wearing like his boat hat to college and like yep. is super moto on like yep. Veterans Day yep. and like all this other crap. It's like those are the guys like everybody gets out and misses it, but you don't miss it so much as you miss the people. And so it's like being able to hear the conversations. Cause like, I got a really good response to the goats after dark episodes where it's like me and three other chiefs just talking like bullshitting, like we're in the mess. Yeah. And that's what people are like, whole, like for junior sailors think it's cool because they're, they feel like they're sitting inside the chief's mess hearing what really gets talked about. Yeah. But then chiefs are just like, man, that fucking, that was cool. It felt yeah. like I was in a sitting in a chief's mess and yeah. I had, I haven't done that in five, 10 years or whatever. Yeah. No, I, that's, but, yeah. those are, those are my favorite episodes. Like, yeah especially for me transferring to shorty like you can go back in there you just play it and you're like oh this is what i used to like hear in the background as i would watch tv or this is what i would fall asleep to in birthing and like hear people talk about what what's going on yeah and it's like you almost like if and i'm not telling you how to live your life but like if you're gonna have a (laughs) have like a focus 
it would be that kind of a thing like where it's yeah. like it'd be focused almost at like the conversations that happen like in the cheese mess or whatever or on the ship during the midwatch or, or whatever um, yeah because that's kind of what the test depth guys do and it's kind of funny where they'll bring like a submariner or somebody like that on and it's like they just shoot the shit about like it's like it's called on the midwatch and it's like it, it's it's funny because that's kind of how the conversation goes. They tell some sea stories and just shit, yeah. shit. And it's like a lot of people respond to that because it's that flavor of a, it's like submariner shooting the shit. Everybody, whatever, everybody, you know? everybody can relate to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, and I think people get a lot of value out of just hearing that kind yeah. of shit. But. Uh, so when I was over at the house the other day, uh, we talked about VR simulation. Okay. So, how close do you think we are to living in virtual reality? Because you I said think there's a good chance we're already we there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I talked to my nephew about this a lot. Um, and like, he's, we get, got more into like the idea that um, you're the whole thing is a simulation in that you're um, you're living multiple lifetimes over, like basically reincarnation, like you're living multiple lifetimes over and over. Um, until you learn what you're meant to learn and you and my uh, wife have like the same aspect because we yeah. feel like we're going through the same thing with our kids like why are we why are our kids the way that we are mm -hmm. like what are we supposed to learn from them because of the things that we didn't learn in a past lifetime or yeah or it's just like you have to go through because he was my nephew was like saying that he thought we were living the same exact life over and over again and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because they're infants that die like three hours after being born. So like, because he was basically saying like they do that um, to like you do it over and over again so that you can like you do it over and over again until you get it right. Basically, like you you live yeah. a, live it correctly, whatever that means, yeah. like where you learn all the lessons and you just live a good life. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because like, I was use the example of like a girl that's born in siberia that doesn't even know like she's meant to be i don't know like the president of the united states or something <laughs> she can't do that because she yeah. wasn't born, you know born. I mean? yeah like so going through like multiple like where you're basically the concept of living almost like every life uh, so let me ask you this though again. do you feel like right now that you're on the right timeline like i don't know if you've ever seen loki on disney plus if you have that app. oh yeah um, I have. That's, but do you I like feel that. like you're on the right um, timeline for where you are right now so i don't know that i believe in the concept of like it, it's possible for sure like the multiverse thing i think it's more um that like the whole thing is on repeat and so like you get like when I get a deja vu moment or I feel like I've been here before, or I feel like like I was talking to <laughs> somebody about when you when you meet somebody and like a couple of my best friends are like that. Like I talk about uh, my best friend, Eleanor, she was in one of the groomsmen in my wedding, groomswoman. But yeah, person. she I met her at a CrossFit gym in Virginia when I was there on shore duty. And it was like it was like when I we, it was like we recognized each other, like we yeah. knew each other from somewhere and we were best friends in like 10 seconds. And so it was like stepbrothers. Like, do we just become best friends? <laughs> nope. um, and so it's like I, I was telling when my nephew and I were talking about this, it was like you when you, you get put back in, it's like your people get put back in adjacent in slightly varying like versions of what they've gone through before 
so that like you're all you're still near each other and going through your timeline you still encounter those people so that it's like because somehow they're important to your experience and the influencing it in a way that you're learning the things that you need to learn they learn the things that they need to learn blah 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 um but like i don't know that like whether or not i'm on the right timeline i think by virtue of the fact that i'm here i'm on the right timeline because one i don't have the ability to go to a different timeline right now uh, at least knowingly like because yeah. there's that thing like, where i like, don't i don't have a particle accelerator yeah. the whole <laughs> we're on a different multiverse <laughs> level or whatever but uh yeah i don't i can't change it so by virtue of the fact that i'm here i have it has to be the right one um because i have no ability to do anything about it um side note if you want to have your mind melt about a bunch of this shit go watch a show called dark on netflix it's a German show that's hmm. dubbed in English, but it's so fucking worth watching, dude. It's like me and my wife still like it's the best TV show we've ever watched. And we constantly are just like, man, I wish we could find another show like Dark. Like it's like, have you seen Black Mirror? I've seen a couple episodes and wasn't like you need, I would to, need to dive go. into it because like there's like my brain is like fucking firing right now because yeah. there's so many different things because of the advent of virtual reality and the fact yeah. it's it's not so much the um china is going to a social media based ranking system yeah like the social credit system exactly yeah. and they talk about that and that's one of the I, things like i wanted to talk about like the simpsons south park all those people yeah predict loose quotation marks yeah, predict the yeah. future of what's going on Bro, um, simpsons fucking predicts the future i don't give a fuck they, what anybody says matt Bronig <laughs> has a fucking time machine in his basement that shit is so dead ass all the time that it's like like the fucking trump going down the escalator thing what's the exact same thing that fucking that, happened there's like, so many things like that where they're predicting the shit like 10 years in the future like get the fuck out of here that but then that rolls that but then that rolls into another topic of like yeah how do you feel like movies in the government are grooming you to be acceptable to like aliens or things that are going on because they they condition you to why would the government give a fuck because those are the ones that are interaction with aliens uh, well i mean you look at it right the government has all the secrets uh Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that that supposedly know everything like Uh, where where are they at with letting you have the information so that you can feel comfortable (laughs) once aliens come to earth and you're not scared out so i'm i'm on (laughs) i'm more on the um i've seen so much rampant government incompetence that i don't believe (laughs) i don't believe in their ability to do what other people believe their ability yeah i mean like there are certainly secrets and there are certainly like um things that have happened that remain classified that we don't know and and shit like that but i think the the depth and breadth and like just overall scope of what people think the government's capable of and what they know that we don't and all this other shit. It's like, it's not even fucking close to what people think it is most likely. Cause like, I can tell you there's a lot of stuff that like, I have a top secret security clearance. I've been read into special programs. Like I know a lot of shit. There's so many jokes I could make for you being a cook. That's fine. Uh. Um, But I'm just saying like they're, there's stuff that like i'm just aware of more than a normal person right so it's like and i can tell you that like the 
the government's not great at keeping secrets. Like they're just fucking. Oh, not. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Cause when you, when you give so many people security clearances and you read so many people into shit, it's like eventually a guy shows up on fucking YouTube or like blabs to some author or reporter or some something. And it's like, then it all comes out in some kind of expose or book or podcast or whatever. And then it's like, they're just like, yeah, we can neither confirm nor deny. And so is everybody else. Like, like I get asked questions all the time and I'm like, I can't talk about it. Like, cause yeah. that's how that works. And I've signed yeah. non-disclosure agreements, but it's, I don't have the faith in the government's ability to keep fucking secrets in on the scale that I think most people do when you get into this conspiracy type shit. Like I was just watching a documentary on UFOs and it's like a lot of the shit, like, I'm looking at I'm a I'm a natural skeptic and it's not because I don't want to believe like I re, I think fucking aliens are 100% real. I don't yeah. think but and we'll we get back the, to why they why we they are might the not only be. life form in well, the universe. Hang, hang on. We'll get back to why I think that <laughs> they might not be. If we're not in a simulation and the universe is actually what people say it is, then I, by virtue of it being this infinite fucking thing where infinite possibilities exist. You know what I mean like there's no way there's not life somewhere else in the universe. However, what I also think is that if like, I, I view the whole timeline or reality simulation, whatever the fuck more is like the kind of how the matrix was constructed in that movie where it's, it's like a timeline that it like you go from beginning to end. And then we get to this point where we just eat ourselves, you know, And, and that point where we, where our, civilization as a whole eats itself is when it, we get to what you were describing where we put basically are like putting ourselves into a simulation via technology just coming to this apex where we would rather like live in this sedated state where we're basically in a real life not real life sims game where it's like we would just <laughs> rather do that than yeah. be in reality like um in the movie inception where you go in and there's like uh, this underground thing where they're all yes. hooked up and like they would just rather be in a dream so it's like, I think that 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 reality will or something that looks sort of like that will happen eventually. And that's just kind of where the timeline is like, all right, it's fucking over. Reset. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you go back to the very beginning and then it's like you, you, you the, the timeline could reset just like it could with the redistribution of, of us through reincarnation or whatever you want to call it, where you're going in and and a, like a guy like me so it's like i feel like I, i've been the person that people are like oh you're an old soul like my grandma used to tell me that and and my uh, there might mom be something and a bunch to of that, other people right and i i agree that like i think there are new ones and i think there are older ones and i think i'm one that's probably been around for a while and there's a reason why i am the way i am and but then um i get into like but then you like there's this there's this complexity that I, I even find a hard time processing where it's like my brother used to say, uh, and he would use the matrix as an example where like they're in the training program with the girl with the red dress. And yeah. he would, he would be like, you ever feel like a lot of people in your life are just fucking extras. Like they're, they're just part of the furniture. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just there to populate your simulation, but then there's characters in it that are important. 100%. Right. And yes. it, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, well, then are those people just part of the furniture or are they because every time I've I've veered off and like went to find out, it's like I found a really interesting person that but it's like, was I meant to do that? Like, was that just a person, a character that was important to my thing the whole time? Or 
are all the extras not extras and it's just like that because it, it feels like white noise because i couldn't possibly pay attention to everyone and i couldn't possibly have like meaningful interactions where i form relationships with every single person that i see so it's like it just feels like that because i'm not a part of their timeline and they're not a part of my timeline so they're just part of the furniture by default but like Good night dude i yeah dude i'm fucking well yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it full circle for you though too right like the sailor that was down in the age room when he was down there cleaning you and you went down there to clean with him maybe right. you were his furniture and like that interaction pushed him to a different aspect yeah maybe but like and i because i don't i believe in free will and i don't believe in like destiny or fate or anything like that but um bro like in general like that was <laughs> yeah. something we were taught me and my nephew were talking about where it was like like i believe generally that there are things that you're meant to do. Have you ever seen the movie? It's a Disney movie called uh, Soul. It's like a Jamie oh, Foxx narrates it. Yeah. Little kids movie, right? So yeah. Where the, the, the souls have like the um, little boxes they have to fill yeah. before they can like, okay, now I'm ready to go to earth as a human. Yeah. So um, I, we were talking about that kind of a concept where it's like, so I, I'm not destined to be anything, but I have things that are built into like, I don't know, my character or my just like, the thing that makes me me where it's like i'm i am destined to do certain things like be a leader and uh be an educator and be an empath and like stuff like that where it's like because that's just who i am but how i decide to do that within the construct of free will is completely up to me i could have been a fucking christian preacher which is what my mom thought i would be in and because she's born again christian like really really like into it studies the bible every day prays every like She's just really, that's a huge part of who she is. And she thought because we grew up in the church that I would end up being a pastor. Yeah. I could have done that. The thought crossed my fucking mind, but then I evolved in a way that like based on all the inputs and stuff that I just, I don't believe in religion so much as I believe in there being a high power and, and like stuff yeah. like that, like human, human constructs of religion, I think are fucking crazy. Yeah. Because I mean, you, and not to go off down this tangent, but the the theory of religion is passed down from word of mouth and then was written down and then you go right. from here it's all and then man made like it's it is you know, it's it's man's it, man's attempt at understanding something that's beyond our capacity to understand i think like where it's which is there's a hyper object a <laughs> uh, hyper object is a is a scenario in which the brain cannot uh, does not have the capacity to quantify what is actually going on. Yeah. And, and like, I have a lot more faith in the brain's capacity to do certain things than I think science probably does or whatever. But also, like, because I'm, I'm really looking forward to when I retire, like, experimenting with psychedelics and stuff like that because my nephew has done a bunch of stuff and he's described oh. certain things to me so is my niece which they're all older than like you say that and people think of kids they're all oh, over 18 yeah. um but, but I i'll tell you i'll tell you right now that psychedelics are previous previously uh before you're in the navy yes <laughs> yeah. um the experiences were very third eye opening into yeah. what yeah. is going on actually in the world the thing that i i was just watching this documentary about it's i think it's on netflix 
might be on Amazon Prime. I can't remember, but it's called uh, Life After Death, and it's like about uh, near death experiences. And I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. What people like? It got into some weird stuff with like mediums and all the stuff that was. It was clearly a bunch of grifters that were just completely full of shit. But the part where the people were sharing the like what happened with the near death experiences, and then just based on I've heard a lot of people through Joe Rogan's podcast and some other ones talk about DMT experiences and like ayahuasca and all this other stuff. And then my nephew talks, he's had experiences with acid and shrooms. Mm, um, and he, and like, uh, I, I think that's it. I don't know. He might've done some other stuff, but that's what we talk about. And he has some crazy insights from that kind of, and so I'm just like, I'm lo- really looking forward to those experiences just to see how it alters my capacity to interpret certain things or like how it changes my understanding and like how I, how I interact with the world. Because like, I can tell you right now, like just based on 20 years in the military and the cancer and all this other shit, like I am a giant tense ball of anxiety that has trouble interacting with a lot of things without wanting to just burn it all to the fucking ground. So I'm really hoping that. So one thing that's going to happen soon, I think, Friday, I'm going in to get a. I have really bad sleep apnea, so I'm going to get a machine that'll hopefully fix that. So bad sleep exacerbates fucking everything negative. Oh, yeah. Like it just fucking. Well, I mean, everything. Yeah. So I'm hoping that helps a lot too. But just like the 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 way in which I interact with everything, I think will be improved via that. But then I also think it could be improved via like psychedelics and the experiences that I could have, where I would feel like. Like you kind of like what you said, the third eye opening thing. I feel like the, my inability to currently process those things could be, uh, that could be rectified by that experience where a lot of people talk about how, like, when you do those things, like you, uh, you interact with other beings, whether or not that's your own mind, just expanding and, and talking to you kind of like where you're having like an internal dialogue, basically. Yeah. Or you're literally connecting with like another somebody else. Yeah. Something else or somebody else or whatever. Um, I still think it would inform that understanding. And so like, that's why I'm really excited about doing it. But yeah, I like, I don't know, man. Like I look at it, like there's some, there's things that I'm meant to do. I have the free will to decide how to do them. And that's kind of like the, what I'm the, like, the destiny part of it where people try to quantify like the, the meaning of life or whatever. And it's just yeah, like the reason why you're here. Yeah. To me, the reason why I'm here is to just like pursue those things in the, in the best way that I can while having like the most positive interactions that I possibly can with everything that I interact with. And like what sucks is right now I have a really hard time having positive interactions with anything. Like I, I'm a lot better than I used to be, but I'm still like, I used to be a lot more curious about other people and uh, like, and, and I do it more through the podcast because I feel like the detachment of doing things like this remotely um, kind of like relieves some of the, the, the anxiety that I have about doing it. And it relieves some of the, um, I don't you- know, the, what, whatever, whatever, like, triggers that negative response like whatever filter i'm going through when i when i like i interact with like normal people at a grocery store i get irritated you know like it's like it's stupid because i should let me ask you this though were you anxious uh when like i know that you've done a couple of 
of live podcasts with mm-hmm. somebody else in the room and i've done one other one no i haven't that was the only one i've ever done oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were you anxious before that happened yeah yeah i was, it, I was so so what was going through your mind as like uh, you knew that i was coming over like because it's not like a I, I've always been a, like someone that I don't really care what other people think of me. And that's what's weird about it is it, it wasn't about like, I wasn't worried about what you would think of me. And I'm not, you know, worried about what you, what I think of you. Cause I already think you're cool. So it's like, whatever, but I, it's more, it's, it's more like a, <laughs> like, a. I always feel this risk of, the negative interaction happening for whatever reason. And sometimes when it does happen, I feel like I don't have control over it. You know what I mean? Like when I get fucking spun up, sometimes I'm like, I, I'll have to tell my wife, like, just fucking leave it alone. You know what I mean? Like when I get, which, and she can tell when I'm starting to get grumpy about something or whatever. And it's just like, sometimes it'll be because me and her will have a conversation and she'll say something that like, I don't fucking, I don't know what it is or why it happens exactly, but it'll just like, I'll feel my blood start to fucking boil. And I'm just like, stop. Like, we can't talk about this anymore. And he just, and she's gotten really good about actually stopping, but it's just like, and it's not, it's not rational. It's just like, it just happens sometimes. And so like, sometimes I have those types of like mood swings or I don't fucking know whatever it is. Like I just, I interact with the world in a way that something fucking comes back and I'm just like, it pisses me off. And a lot, it, sometimes it'll just happen for, for we like for what I can, I can only explain is no fucking reason. You know what I mean? So like, I yeah. think, I think that was part of it was it's easy for me to like, but the reason I, I want to know is a, like, why though? I don't know. There's a feeling of detachment when I do stuff like this, where I feel like the risk is really low, where I could just talk to you, but I'm at home. It's comfortable. I'm safe. There's no like, it just doesn't feel like there's any risk of anything like that happening. So I feel, I feel calm and I feel disarmed and I feel like, I don't know, man, it's a, some of it I think is a sense of control thing. Like one of the things my therapist and I talk about is the things that, he's noticed just based on what I've shared with him that seem to spin me up are things I have no control over. So like I have complete control over how I react to like what people think of me. So I've told him like, if somebody walked up and told me they thought my shirt was fucking stupid, I'd be like, all right, whatever your face is stupid. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I don't care. (laughs) And I wouldn't, I wouldn't get spun up unless it, it, I thought it was going to turn into like some, something physical. Yeah. But like, I don't give a fuck what you think about anything. Like, really? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I value your your opinion in particular. But like, if for some reason, like, the, if the next day, like, somebody played a recording of you saying, this guy's fucking stupid. He doesn't know anything. I'd be like, all right, whatever. And yeah. you would get cut out of my life and I would just move on. I wouldn't give it a second yeah. thought. But things like um, if I'm driving, and especially when my wife's in the car, because you're not just endangering me, you're endangering my yeah. wife. When I'm driving and someone drives like an asshole, and even if it doesn't endanger me, but it's just fucking dumb and it could have, or, or they're just being stupid or whatever, that sh- I'm like ready to pull over and fight somebody. Like I, I spin up really fast, and like laying on my horn and flipping people off, and like and I, I, I yeah. don't get that vibe from you, yeah, like, dude. I, yeah. I didn't. 
I, I haven't always been like this. That's what's well, strange. No, and I no, and I get that. Like, like I have three kids, right? And I have always had a temper. There, that's since I was a kid. Huh. Like a bad it, temper. So do you think it's something that you learned or something that's just like hereditary? Like, did so your I dad or mom have a temper or my dad? Else? So both of my parents drank uh, like alcoholics when I was real young. My mom quit before I could even remember her drinking. My dad like so she kicked my dad out of the house when I was 10, maybe 11. And it it came from like a um, he was I, I don't know if he was drunk. I I just assume so. I was so young. I wouldn't know, you know, and something happened where uh, and I vaguely remember it. I remember being scared, but like I he told me to do something and I got like little kid pissed and uh, we had a deck in the back of the house and I like ro- I like coast like just rolled my bike off the back of the deck and it, yeah. like, and I, he was probably telling me to put it away and I was like yeah. fuck you you know and I like <laughs> yeah. rolled it off the I was being a little shithead and yeah. I rolled it off the back of the deck and it like he started beating my ass like he wasn't punching me but like he was he was beating me pretty good like yeah. he was like spanking me uh, and it like got out of control a little bit um, and he didn't have a history of doing that or anything, but it was like, it was, it was intense. And I remember I like ran, my mom worked, uh, nights and I ran to, um, my mom's like where she was sleeping, whatever room she was in, like yeah. woke her up. And I guess the look on my face was enough. Cause that's what, like, she kicked him out and was just like, get fucking sober or we're getting divorced. And, uh. And I don't remember the timeline either because I remember them sitting down and saying that they were going to get separated or divorced or whatever. But I don't remember if that was before or after. So I could be wrong about some of this stuff, but I remember that. I don't, I don't know if we're going too deep for you. Like, no, it's fine, that. dude. Okay. I, this is, I openly talk about this stuff on purpose. Like, I talk about all my mental health stuff openly. Well, on my yeah, podcast. no, I, I get it. But I mean, like, some people that I talk to, and this is one of the things, like, I just, I just want to make sure that you're. Yeah, I do. Okay. If I didn't want to talk about it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I get it. I get it um but yeah so that like that the temper thing i mean i'm sure part of it is like hereditary my mom's got a temper too like they're they're way better about it now like my dad is so chill now but like he was he was an alcoholic like back then and now he's not like he's been sober for fucking ever like are you the only child well i mean you talk about an older brother but i have three brothers so i have two older brothers and one younger brother okay um so you're like the the middle-ish middle-ish yeah yeah Yeah. um i certainly like had the middle child experience like so that was like yeah my two older brothers were like the older brother (laughs) yeah and yeah my little brother was little and i was the middle um but yeah I, i think part of it was that and and part of it was um i don't know man like I've always had a weird interaction with the world. I think in that I've, I've felt in constant conflict with it for as long as I can remember. Like I was always fighting like um, where at first it seemed like uh, the temper thing would just get me into trouble sometimes. And, but also like I was more of like the, for lack of a better description, like the sheepdog character where like, when my friends would get in trouble, I would like stand in front of them and like be the one fighting with the other kids in the neighborhood yeah, the and, like, and like, 
Well, no, like kids would con- like I was just known as being scrappy because I, I my brothers would like beat on me. And so I just got to a point where like I was pretty scrappy because I grew up in that environment. But um, but they would come. I was the kid that like I was known as like kind of like the anti bully, like if yeah. somebody wanted to mess with my friends they had to go through me first and yeah. where there's where there's me there's three others you know so it's like good luck but and then when i got into school i was always like i was always like um like a little different like the kind of like the anti-establishment type like i was i mean, back in, I mean this that. is back in the yeah. era of like nirvana and stuff yeah. and i had like I, I was all like skater kid, grunge kid, whatever. I had long hair with the sides shaved and like <laughs> dressing in like skater clothes and listening to that music and stuff. So like I wasn't one of the cool kids per se. I was just like me and my brothers all were kind of the same in in only only in that like we all looked different. We had different tastes and stuff, but we were the same in that we were always because it was just how we were raised. We were, we were cool with everybody like we were just friends yeah. with a little bit of everybody like a little um, cultural chameleon. Yeah, but then the popular kids inevitably like would try to mess with us. And um, I remember like I was just, again, raised in a way or especially being around my brothers where it was like I didn't take shit from anybody. And so like yeah. as soon as they people open their mouth, like I skipped past the verbal stuff and like they would talk shit and I'd be like, all right, and I put my shit down and be like, let's go. It's, it's and I'm time. like ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Then uh, my mom pulled us out of school. Uh, I was in seventh grade and I would walk to the elementary school every day to pick my brother up. And then my mom would like meet us there at that time to bring us home from school. And uh, something like that happened where I was, tr- I was like, the guys would try- be running their mouth and they were like eighth graders or they were like the, yeah. the older kids in, the, in that school. And they thought they're hot shit. They were like playing football and all this it's typical like dorks that just thought they were cool. And uh, this one kid said something and I said, fuck, come over here and say that to my face, bitch. And he because <laughs> he, he was like 30 feet away. I was like, I'll knock your fucking teeth down your throat. And this his little goon was like, you want me to beat his ass? And he's like, no, he's got three brothers, man, where there's one, there's four. So he's like, just let it go. But then he didn't let it go. And I think it was the same day I was walking by myself to that. It was like, you know, two blocks down the road yeah. to elementary school. And him and like three of his friends jumped me from behind. Oh, yeah, of course. Me free, you know, yeah, left me up and it kind of screwed my arm up. So I came into school with a brace on my arm and my older brother's friends saw me and they're like, what the fuck happened to you, dude? And I explained it and I dropped names and everything. And so then those kids got wrecked. Oh, I'm sure. But then I got pulled out of school when my mom found out I got jumped. It was like, yeah. that was it. It was, yeah. it was like, you guys are out of school like the end of the week. And so then it was like, I'm in conflict with my parents all the time. It was, it, it, it was always something, you know, and some type of military. turmoil. Yeah. it was always, it was just conflict. It wasn't like, I didn't, I wouldn't say I had like a super hard life or anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that sense of conflict was always there. And so then it got, it got really bad in the Navy, like for the whole 20 years, man, I was in conflict with some damn thing. Where it was like the first four years was brutal. I don't know why the fuck I re-enlisted, re-enlisted but coming off that experience. But then I had a really, I had a positive experience on shore duty, even though I was in conflict with a lot of different things. Like, um, but then going to the special boat and then like ex-wife cheated on me and that exploded, which, you know, it was a net gain, trust me, but like 
yeah, the, going through the experience was rough. And then um, going to the A school, it was like, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to move. Like just all the, and it's just yeah. probably a typical experience for a lot of people. Um, but then I, I also always, ha- I have this programming where I don't know how to not like go overboard almost with everything like so if there's a thing that i'm committed uh, I, to, yeah yeah I, I feel the same way like i i like with this podcasting yeah i i dive deep yeah into everything i yeah. read articles i mm-hmm. want the i want the things to be the best and yeah. i i immerse myself in the aspect of like this is going to be my life now yeah, and so like yeah. I totally understand it. And that's like with any hobby that I have, like I totally immerse myself mm-hmm. in whatever is going on around me. I'm like, this yeah. is my main focus. And this is the thing that, that I'm going to put a hundred percent of my effort into. And I did that at an unhealthy clip until the last probably two years, like where I was, I was killing myself, man, like literally like, and the cancer thing aside, like, had that not happened and forced a radical reprioritization of my life, which is why I'm retiring in October, I think I would have continued doing this until I dropped dead. Like I would have been the guy getting medevaced off the ship for having a fucking heart attack or something. And I was, I was mm. at a place where like coming off my last boat, I was my sleep apnea and turns out I had a giant cancerous tumor in my face like my sleep and everything else was so bad. Like I was overweight. I was tired all the time. I felt like shit all the time. I, I was, and I was only really able to be productive at work. It was like, I left home, went to work, gave it everything I fucking had. And then, and even that, I didn't feel like I was operating at what I considered my hundred percent. Yeah. So that was pissing me off. And then, but then when I got home, I was fucking useless, man. Like my wife for a long time was giving me a hard time about like how I was, I wasn't doing anything and I wasn't productive and like she would want to do things or spend time with me. And I'd come home and want to like fucking go to bed at like 1800, you know what I mean? Like, um, and but I'd also stay at work late a lot because I'm a fucking masochist. Like I just, if there was something that required a chief's attention, I was fucking there and it didn't even matter if they were my guys, you know, like, and that's, I just like, I I feel you on the same aspect because I mean, that's what happened to me. My wife is like, um, like I would stay at work and like the commute for me, because I worked in Everett from Silverdale, like I had to take a ferry and would go from there. Like every day I would wake up at three 30 and catch the 445 ferry and then I would go to work and I would be there at six. So yeah. from 445 to six, I was commuting to yeah. work and then six o'clock would start my work day. And then no, like depending on what was going on, like it was difficult for me to leave work because I knew that I would have to go and wait. And I was like, Oh, if I just wait another 30 minutes or if I just, yeah, yeah, this time. yeah. I'll, I'll skip then, traffic. Exactly. I, gave, I talked myself into staying at work till like 1830, a whole bunch of times just because I'd miss traffic. Oh, I'll just get some admin yeah. and then I'll have to sit in traffic. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's like, Oh, well, you know, such and such is here and they have a problem. And then you want to fix that. Yeah. And then you yep. go, then you get on these different tangents and it's like, yep. like, where does and that work? Life? You know? Oh yeah. Or you're getting home. 
and you put the kids down to sleep and then you go to sleep and then you don't ever talk to your wife or anything like yeah. that. And it's yeah. like, like it took the, it took a toll on yeah. my marriage life. So like, yeah. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And it was a big part of it was I, I could have, I, I, I'm confident I could have done both whether or not I would have just then ended up staying at work till 2100 every day. Cause I had all that energy. I, I don't yeah. know. Probably I'm an idiot. But it was like my physical, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't getting enough sleep, obviously. And then turns out like I had all those issues, which then my wife feels bad because she was kind of giving me grief about being so tired because she was reading it more as me being lazy than me being tired. And it was like, I was trying to explain it to her, but there wasn't a reason why I was just like, no, like, I feel like my soul left my body. It's not like, and a lot of times it wasn't even sleepy tired. It was just like, I felt like I needed to lay down and not move. Like it was just, I was just fatigued in a way that's hard to put into words. And then I find out I'm sick. Cause like at the very end of that boat, I, uh, I thought I had just a deviated septum and the sleep apnea was what was killing me, which like it it is, but that's not what it really was. Right. So I go in, like we're going to the shipyard. So I tell my doc, I'm like, Hey, I need an ENT console like now. So he gets it for me and I go to the Naval hospital and they're like, yeah, you got a badly deviated septum. There's something growing up there, but we'll just take that out while we, uh, they thought it was just some random benign growth (laughs) or there's something growing up there, but we'll just take it out. (laughs) Yeah. We'll take that out when we fix your nose. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, and then, um, and this was based on her like scope in my nose. Yeah. So she couldn't see everything. So then yeah, she gets yeah. back the ENT surgeon there. And she's like, actually, we're going to send you to the army hospital because they have rhinoplasticians. And I think it'll be better. It's just more complicated than we thought. Yeah. So I think it'll be better suited there. So that I go there. They say the same thing. This rhinoplastician guy or whatever comes in. He's a civilian, but he's like, oh, yeah, benign growth. No big deal. We'll fix your nose. Take it out at the same time. So they schedule my surgery. And this is right as COVID is exploding. Mm-hmm. So, um. How big I go was in, it? Oh, dude, I don't know. It was going, it was starting to go up into my brain. It was in, so it's, uh, it's called, a. I forget the, the technical names, like impossible for me to say, but it's, oh. I had a tumor on my olfactory nerve, which is like the smell nerve. So if you yeah. look at a thing, it like comes down it's, from the it's, stem yeah, of your brain. It's, it kind of yeah. goes down. Yeah. So it was growing on that nerve. Good night. And it was going, it's, it, I, I apparently had had it for a hot minute and it was Good growing up into my brain. Night. Um, so they, uh, I, they schedule my surgery, still thinking it's a benign growth at the army hospital. I go in the morning of the surgery. I'm like in a hospital gown, got an IV in, getting ready to go in. And then some army captain comes in. I've never seen this guy before in my life. Comes in and tells me, actually, we're not going to do the surgery. We're just going to take a big tissue sample because you might have cancer. So we're going to like <sighs> test it. And he said that in front of my wife. No warning. Mm, no bedside at all. I almost got uh, out of that dude. hospital bed and fucking <laughs> that dude. I was so pissed. <laughs> so then oh, uh, Atlanta. So then they do that. So they take the tissue sample three days later, I got a rare form of cancer. So then I go to the, they refer me out to like a university hospital where they actually deal with this stuff. Yeah. Um, And luckily it's like one of the best cancer hospitals in the world. So I go there and it's like talking to fighter pilots. They're like, we're going to cure the shit out of you. And it's like, you're good. (laughs) They were excited because it was a rare form of cancer. We'd never get to fucking do this shit. So they like, I signed some piece of paper so they could study my tumor and uh, whatever. But like, so then it's like, they, they, um, they kind of brief me on what's going to happen. They're like, we're pretty sure that we can do the surgery by going through your nose, but we might have to split your head open and cut your forehead out and like Jesus relax your brain and then pull Christ. it out. So then, 
So you might wake up with staples like ear to ear, like the headphones, right? So oh, yeah, so that was scaring the shit, fuck, out of me. dude. So I freaked out. Um, I was like, I need a will. I need, uh, to, yeah. You and Ashley need to be married like yesterday. Um, were you so not then, married at the time? No, we were engaged. Still. We were engaged for oh, a Lord. Minute. Um, and so then we. I talked to my legalman chief and she was like, is your family crazy? And I'm like, no. And she goes, just get married. Like that'll cover it. Like she'll get yeah. everything by default. And I'm like, all right, cool. Cause legal was jerking me around. Cause they apparently work too hard or something. I don't know. So, um, but of course they do. the city I live in, like the courthouse was all shut down because of COVID, but they were amazing. Like they jumped through their ass to get me a, a marriage license the same day I emailed them. And like, it yeah. was, it was, they were awesome. So I went in and did that. And then we got legally married a couple of days before my surgery. Um, and then that went fine. My wife was freaking out because it took way longer than it was supposed to. So she's like, oh, my God, they split his head open and took his fucking shit. And like, he's going to have staples in his head. And But it turned out that I don't know why it took the extra hours, but um, it, it went great. They said and they got it all and whatever. And then I did radiation for six weeks. And um, then, you know, I'm good like all yeah. my follow-ups have been good and whatever but like that the way i describe it to people is i've always had the anxiety um and the cancer just like pulled a pin on a grenade where like i so i going back to like that boat like i was standing what's called diving off to the watch which is like um you're like piloting the submarine if you think about like the hydrodynamics of like driving a ship underwater you're basically flying an airplane yeah but you're doing it underwater instead of in the air like it's kind of a lot of the same principles and stuff except you get buoyancy and all this stuff built into but um but i'm i'm the watchstander in charge of all of those things like i'm in charge of the people operating the helms and planes i'm the in charge of the person that moves water around to to make it as it be negatively yeah. or positively buoyant um, and I'm in charge of like every, like everything else, really. Like I'm the most senior enlisted watching around the entire submarine. So I'm not built for that type of, um, responsibility, I guess, like where like that I could have fucking killed people or severely damaged the ship. And yeah, I'm just not wired to deal with that. Well, even though I had a lot of really smart people telling me I was really good at it. Um, and cause I kept telling him, I'm like, I, you shouldn't have me up here. Like I, I should let me go just do cook things. Like I, this is, and like the, there was another watch station called chief of the watch. It's like the next one down. It's very yeah. like black and white. It's very procedurally based. You just do things or you don't do things. And then I have the dive telling me what to do a lot of the times too. And once you're qualified and stands and dive, I can anticipate the dives needs and with trimming the ship and everything else. So it's yeah. like, that watch i was fine it was very like there was no gray area really like it was just all follow the procedure do the immediate actions you know whatever um i didn't like doing it but i could do it and i didn't feel like i was like it was stressing me out any more than anything else but like when i stood dive that shit kept me up at night like i was scared of like the next watch and and like the idea of taking a being in charge of taking a submarine to periscope depth like you can collide with ships and people can die is it like likely no but like in my it mind could i'm thinking like worst case yeah. scenario yeah or like when we're on mission and we're operating and it's like there's just all the shit that can go wrong man <laughs> and so i'm just like i 
never felt like an expert. I never felt extremely confident in my ability to do anything until like the very end. And even then I, it was like, I just started to feel like I sort of knew what I was doing, but I mean, it was to the, I was already sleeping terribly because for obvious reasons at this point, yeah. but then I, what would keep me up, like the anxiety would keep me up was like, I would review the night orders and like study procedures and shit before I went to the rack on the things I was going to do the next day. Cause I was freaking out about them. So like if we were running drills, I'd be like in yeah. the casualty procedures for yeah. fire and flooding and whatever. And then like, if I had a couple PD trips, I was just like reading like emergency deep and like all this other shit. So, um, and I didn't have time to do that, let alone like it didn't really make me feel better. Like I didn't feel less anxious about it. It, it probably made it worse, but I just, that's what I would do. And then I'd try to go sleep and I'd be like laying on my rack, like, like with this, like that nervous feeling in my stomach, no. take me forever to fall asleep, I'd get shitty sleep. And then I'd feel like crap going on watch. And then I'd have to go do those things and try not to fuck it up and. I think that that over a long period of time combined with just like all the normal shit that happens on a submarine um, over like a career, like that anxiety was always there and it seemed like it was getting worse and it got to the point where on that submarine, I think the sleep thing exacerbated it a lot um, where it got to be a problem. And then it got to be where I was like having trouble focusing. I, I couldn't remember stuff very well. Um, shit like that like i i used to be a steel trap and then i was like living my life by stickies and i was like telling my lpo to send me texts after i left work to like remind me to do something because i would forget i'd forget everything yeah um and so then i think when cancer happened i remember the first radio like i i felt fine but then i was getting snappy i was in a shitty mood all the stuff and my wife noticed before i did and then um i was shoveling dirt it was right it was right after i started radiation i was shoveling dirt out of the back of my truck um i think everybody would tell me about this and some kid was like hey how you doing yeah yep and i i about took her head off like i about snapped at this little neighbor girl that i mean she wasn't more than 10 years old uh and just said hi neighbor and i almost turned like just for breaking my breaking into my bubble and interrupting me i about turned around and snapped and i was like oh shit okay i i almost yelled at a little kid just now for no fucking reason yeah so then there was that and then um snapping at my wife and stuff and then the first the first radiation treatment because at this point i'm past surgery which is what i was scared of six weeks of radiation sounds shitty but it was like it sounded like deployment i'm like i fucking do this like i go to a dark dark place and exist there for a while and be fine (laughs) so like i'm like i already i already know i can do this i'm not afraid of radiation at all and I wasn't, and I was fine. And, but I wasn't fine. And I was, it wasn't because of that so much as it was all else, like the pin got pulled on that grenade. And all, like I got to the car after the first treatment. So I, at this point, I still feel fine. Like I'm not fatigued because of radiation. No. I don't have any of the like the post radiation side no, yeah. effects. Um, and I just like jump into the driver's seat, shut the door, and just break down, like ugly crying. And I'm and my wife's like, What's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm fine. All yeah. these doctors are just telling me I'm completely fine and I'm never gonna have a problem again. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. And then I think it was like a day or two later where that interaction with that little girl happened. And then there was some other shit where I was being snappy with my wife and shit. And she just kind of was like, you got to fucking do something about this. 
So then, um, and I simultaneously somewhere in that timeline, I had some buddies randomly tell me you should go see a mental health person. And like, it was more like through the context of they were retiring and they just suggested it. And it was weird. I remember thinking it was weird that they were just randomly suggesting I go see a mental health guy. And I'm like, maybe it was that obvious to other people that fucking like I, they were like work acquaintances. Like I know them, but I'm not super close with them. Yeah. And so, uh, it like popped up enough times that I finally went and saw my doc. Um, we had a master chief IDC. That's fucking awesome, dude. Um, and so I went and saw him and was like, okay, so like what, like I got him behind a close What's door. What's wrong with me? Well, no, it was more like what, if I want to go see mental health, what does that look like? Because yeah. I grew up in a Navy where it was taboo. Oh, where you can sure. lose your clearance. It, exactly. Affect your yeah. career and shit. Yeah. And uh, at this time, I was still like considering going back to see as a cop. I was still a senior chief, so I wanted to make mass chief shit yeah. like that. So, in my mind, I'm like, this is might be a landmine, you know. And so I, I asked him, I'm like, what would this look like? What do I have to do? Shit like that. And he like got excited when I brought it up, and he goes, "Oh, dude, it's fucking awesome." He goes, "It's easy. All I got to do, you got to go see your PCM. They'll give you a referral, and then you go." Uh, he's and he t- started. He's a guy that he was like with Marine Raiders and shit. Like he's fucking seen some shit in his career. And yeah, he's like, like, I went buddy. and it was yeah. He's like, it's one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. And then he asked me some questions. He goes like, What do you think is wrong? And I'm like, I, maybe I anxiety no or something. I'm like, I don't know. And it's hard to point at something because I don't think like I I wasn't afraid of cancer anymore. Like I had all yeah. these really it was these doctors were so convinced I was going to be fine. And I believed them because they were yeah. really, I mean, they're like top of their fucking field. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm not worried about it consciously. And, and I've always had like an anxiety there, but it like just felt normal. Like, cause what I do for a living and stress and stuff, it's like, like I'm on deployment on a submarine doing serious shit. Like, of course I'm going to have like some level of stress and anxiety, but I felt like everybody felt that way. And I don't yeah. think everybody did feel that way now yeah. looking back, but. So then he's like, do you think you got PTSD? I'm like, from what? Like, I don't know. From cancer, like, from, blown up be, from being at, underwater like, for X yeah, amount of time. Well, like, you, say like, you think about guy. it, but I mean, at the same time, like that stuff has a mental capacity that yeah. holds you back. And I, I know that now, but like at the time, like you say that as a guy that doesn't do submarine things. And people outside of the submarine community view it as this like super intense crazy thing to me it's fucking normal it's like it's normal to the extent of of the fact like like i play both sides of the ball right like we've talked about it on 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 different episodes like yeah i've been at subcommands my little brother is a submarine nuke like i understand like in that like just being on a place that you can't go outside has to have some kind of like effect on the on the way that you on your outlook on life yeah like you can't probably. you can't go outside for six months yeah, probably, like you can't probably. go outside motherfucker uh um, yeah well it's not six it. months it's well, like it, yeah three months, i mean the three months is, is the longest for well a little more than three months for though. certain for certain classes though right uh well but even but then you, it's like so like you go, uh, fast boat goes out on deployment for six months but they're not at sea for six months. they're not out they're not at sea but yeah. i mean they'll do unwraps and they'll pull in for a day yeah they'll do liberty stuff, stuff too yeah. sometimes sometimes not, not it's not as prevalent anymore but like yeah i mean i've 
I've been on a fast boat where we were in a Liberty port for like 10, 14 days. Like, so it's like, sometimes they get those breaks. It's harder now with COVID, but yeah, I mean, it's that stuff wears on you. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't go outside. Like you're stuck in a capsule. Yeah. But I, I guess at the, like at the time I look at it now more like that, but like back then when I'm having that conversation, it was just like, I don't, I can't point at a thing where I'm like, yeah, I totally have PTSD or I have some reason to have this high level of anxiety or whatever, or a negative stress response, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my, my therapist calls it, um, the like my technically like my diagnosis is anxiety and insomnia or something like that and i forget there's like a couple more words in there I don't <laughs> but it's not ptsd or anything but like i i don't i don't know man it's weird because like i just thought it was a normal stress level and like normal for the military like i was generally aware that like i know what i do isn't normal but it felt normal and it became normalized just because everybody around me is doing the same thing. And to the extent that I'm aware, it was like, nobody was going through what I was going through either that I, that I knew of. But then as I started talking to people, like everybody, like my CMC was like, yeah, I went to mental health and my doc, all these really strong personalities in my life. I I had a lot of respect health. Yeah. Like, and so they said, yeah, I went and it was amazing. You should do it. I'm really proud of you for doing it. All this kind of shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and then it was the new it, normal. It, yeah. It's been really productive. Um, I think, I still think the reason why I have an issue still is the sleep thing. So we'll see how that goes. But so now do you talk about uh, the like Navy related stuff or do you talk about like things you that happened to you growing up? Um, it's mostly, I mean, it's kind of just what's happening. Okay. Well, I was, like, just, I was just curious. Yeah. It's kind of like, I, I probably talked about some stuff just to provide context. Cause like there wasn't a lot that happened. Like there was some stuff that happened growing up that I would say like flavored my view on a lot of things it was like a negative experience that happened and i learned like well okay i'm not going to do that when i'm a parent or whatever yeah like nothing crazy like nothing that like i i can't i can say i haven't spent a ton of time talking about stuff like that i can't really point at like anything that i would qualify as like childhood trauma or anything besides that experience that i described earlier and even that like i don't remember I don't remember thinking anything of it beyond when it happened. Like, I just remember being scared of my dad for that day. And then it ended up with this, like my mom kicked him out. But then as a kid, it was like, I missed my dad immediately. It wasn't like yeah. I didn't love him anymore or something. You know what I mean, yeah, it, yeah. like it didn't affect my opinion of him at all. Like I, cause I knew I had done something that deserved to, like, I knew exactly what I was doing when I rolled that fucking bike off the deck. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. Like it was like a fuck you moment. And I knew but I was a hothead back then. And so like as a little kid, I had no control over my temper. So when I got pissed, something like that was going to happen. Yeah. And I knew I was going to get punished for it. So it wasn't like I wasn't floored by that. And my back then parents spanked. So it was like I got yeah. spanked before my dad used a belt a few times. So it's like <laughs> but that was a different time. You know it, what it I mean? Was. Like it was. It, yeah. It, I don't think they would do that if they were doing a do over now with all the knowledge yeah. that they would have, they have now and with yeah. what's culturally acceptable now and all that kind of stuff. But um. 
so it wasn't really that crazy of an experience. Like I just, I don't, I don't even put that much weight on it, but that's kind of what happened where, um, that's what caused the, my, I think triggered my parents to split up for the time that they did. And it's what got my dad to realize, oh shit, I need to get sober or I'm going to lose my family. But like, I don't, I wouldn't say that for me that that was like some super traumatic experience. Like my dad spanked me like shit happened. I fucking knew I deserved it. Like Like, it wasn't like I had it it, coming. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I don't, I don't think about it. Like it was some super negative thing that happened because my dad, we've talked about it recently where, um, like he and he remembers it like that where i was being a little shithead because i was yeah you know and it's like but like i mean he probably went a little overboard but like eh, it was he wasn't like i wasn't i didn't have a black eye afterwards you know what i mean like he didn't beat the crap out of me but it was it was a bit much um but anyway like i don't yeah i don't have a lot of that kind of stuff like my parents are fucking awesome um my i'm super close with them and like i feel like overall we had a really great childhood and upbringing and like and that like they raised us in a way that we're we all kind of turned out like good people and in a way that like i feel like um part of the reason why i felt like i've been in conflict with the whole world all the time is because like i don't think a lot of people are raised like us like i don't think um I haven't inc- like encountered a lot of people that uh, adversity. Inter- well, I, I, I wouldn't even say adversity, but um, maybe like, I mean, they raised us in a way where everything you had to earn everything. Um, yeah. There was accountability for everything. Like it's a lot That's, of like yeah. leadership stuff that you, like we talked about on my podcast. What was it yesterday? Day before um, about yeah. how like yeah. a lot of the kids coming in nowadays, some of, some of their weakness is that they've never done anything hard before and they've never yeah. been like taught the value of hard work and they've never been held accountable for anything and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, that was the total opposite for me. It was like, I, I mean, I, I got my first job when I was 12. Um, like we always had to like do stuff around the house and take care of things and like clean up after ourselves. And we got held accountable for everything. Um, I, th- I think that's yeah, the, it was, the thing is like the accountability aspect and like even with yeah. my kids like and as much as I talk about accountability like in the Navy and doing all that stuff like yeah. I don't hold my kids accountable for fucking shit <laughs> and I'm like oh you yeah. need to clean your room no dad like fuck yeah. I'll, just, I'll just do it because I don't want to fucking wait for you nah, because you're three that. or five or nine yeah. <laughs> to do this stuff and it's like like I get it yeah like, I, I would be the op. I would be a lot more like my parents. And you say kids. that now until you fucking. I know my. I, I I say that, and I, everybody says that to me, like, like, because I say like I wouldn't allow tablets and and shit like that until they're older, or it'd be like limited to an hour a day. And everybody's like, "Yeah, you say that now." I'm like, yeah. "Dude, you you clearly misunderstand how much I'm will like how much pain I'm willing to inflict on myself to get my way." Like a lot yeah. of people think that, like, "Oh, you say that now." And I'm like, you fucking don't but, know me like you think you do. If you think that I wouldn't make uh, my life purposefully fucking hard just to win. You know what I mean? Like just to win that argument of like, hey, clean up your room. No, oh, really? Re- are you fucking sure you want to go through this flow chart, motherfucker? Like I yeah, probably be like, like I, I'm, I'm right there with, with you until you about, do a three hour podcast with a buddy yeah, of yours. I know. I know. To, <laughs> like, I'm over here. I'm like handing my kid my phone, but like, just leave me the fuck alone. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, but, on, uh, but on that, 
right. Go ahead and uh, plug, promote, do whatever you need to do for. You got to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. put my fucking kids to sleep. It's, it's all good, 10. man. Yeah, dude. So it's dguspodcast.com. You can look up Don't Give Up Shit Podcast on anywhere that there's podcasts. And then dguspodcast.com is the apparel brand um check it out if you want to support do it it's pretty dope gear if i do say so myself but 100%. yeah man, that's i'm on social media i'm on instagram reddit fucking facebook uh discord fucking probably some other shit i don't know discord what the fuck is yeah that? it was uh, some dudes invited me to that it's like a chat room basically but mm. then i did a podcast where it was pretty cool like it was a bunch of younger guys mostly that we did like a q a like a live okay. Q&A. You record nice. through discord too mm. It's mainly, it's kind of like Twitch, I think, sort of. It's they use, people use it for video game stuff, like like messaging while they're playing or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't totally get it, but <laughs> it's a it's a new audience of people, and we did like a pretty a pretty yeah. Q and A through there. That I'm, I'm planning on doing another one, but but yeah, it's fun, and so I'm on there occasionally where I kind of chat with those guys. But nice, yeah, man. All right, Here we well. Go. <laughs> go and go and check out D Guts uh podcast, apparel, whatever it in, all whatever you're into, all the things. <laughs> yeah. And then as always, uh two dummies in a microphone, idiot friends, podcast, uh Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, all yeah, all We're on YouTube too. Yeah, yeah. You can go find us on YouTube. Yeah, whatever you're into, you can yeah. find us on the internet. Just Google <laughs> Google the shit. Google it, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but all right, man. It was good. Hell yeah. Good talking to you. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. And then yeah, uh, we'll go from there. Easy money.